0: you to give god praise hallelujah that's all y'all got is that all y'all have thank you guys for being here today um i won't lie i'm shaking in my boots a little bit but i just thank god um, for giving me the opportunity to be before you guys today Um, I thank God for waking me up this morning. I thank God for just being able to see each and every person that came here today to hear a word from God, and I pray that you guys receive the word that you came here for. I pray that God opens your heart to receive what he has because I believe that it's a I believe that it's blessed. Hello? I know that you guys will um, walk away blessed, but so um, my name is Pastor Penny. For those of you who don't know, uh, my husband is a lead pastor of Words Way. Um, And I just want to thank you, husband, for um, allowing me to be here, for pushing me um, to be all that God has called me to be. Um, God has definitely brought me a long way, because two years ago, I would not be on this stage, I promise, or I'll be crying in a corner somewhere, but I know what God has called me to do, so I do it willingly, um, I do it wholeheartedly with everything that I have, and my husband has been an instrumental part of that, um, through his prayers, and his encouragement, and his pushing, so I thank you, thank you so much for that. Uh, word to you again, I just want to thank you guys for being here. And um, just cruise along with me today. Um, Be patient with me. Uh, But I I just pray that the Holy Spirit takes over. I pray that that the Holy Spirit just fills your ears as he fills my mouth. So um, let's get into it. So we are in a series called Welcome This Is Church. I believe that this is the last one that we will be doing. But um, I think it's the most important one, the most important topic. Um, which is love, and we covered love with what's love got to do with it, and you guys remember all the ministers that were up here um, speaking on the topic of love, and I just want to be able to help you guys just go a little deeper today. And um, I'm overjoyed to be able to speak on this topic today, and not because of anything I read or anything that anybody told me, but because of my experience, my experience with the Holy Spirit and my experience with God. Because if it was not for his love, I don't honestly know where I would be right now. I don't know what I would be doing, and I definitely would not be here. I, um, I lived for many years in bondage. I lived for many years um, just fearful of my destination. You know, we go to church, and we, we believe in God, but we go around in life wondering, if I die today, will I make it to heaven? And I honestly believe that that's a tragic way to live because the Bible tells us very clearly that if you believe, all you have to do is believe and your destination is secure, it's sealed. So as I was studying this lesson, I was just trying to come up with a topic and trying to just talk to God and get a better understanding of what he wanted me to tell you guys today. And this question popped into my mind. Why do people who claim to love God have such a hard time loving other people? And it's a, you know, a simple question. Most people would just say because they don't love God enough. But I believe it goes a lot deeper than just not loving God enough and not really understanding how much he truly loves us. Meaning that you have not grown into a sufficient understanding of his love toward you and me. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I believe that a prayer of every Christian believer should be to have God's love completed and perfected in us. You might ask, what do I mean by this? So in order to have God's love completed and perfected in us, that means that we participate. And that's an important word. Participate in this system that God has orchestrated for us to be fully loved and to fully love others and we all know that it's not as simple as it sounds but the process if i can get my um slide on the board please sir um this process helps us to grow into a deeper intimacy with god it helps us to be able to express god's love to receive god's love and then express that love to other people so as i was praying on this and this may look so elementary y'all but as I was praying on this, this is the image that popped in my head. And the first thing I thought about was gas. So at the very top, we have this well, and I called it the well of love from God, who is our source. He is a source of love. Then we have this truck that has this free sign on it, and that's Jesus. God's love is flowing through Jesus. He's the vessel in which love is carried to us. Then we have this pump which is the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to love when we fuel ourselves with the Holy Spirit. So we're fueled to love by the Holy Spirit. And then this last image is the car, which is us, the vessel in which love is to other people. And from that vessel, we love other people, and in turn, God is glorified by the church. So that's what I'm going to try to break down to you guys today. And even if you see the... The bigger arch at the top, the vessel, um, Jesus Christ, we are to be a replica of that. So we're going to break that down today. And I want us to first go to our scripture, which is going to be coming from 1 John 4 and 7. When you guys have it, give God a shout of praise because he is more than worthy of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so 1 John 4 and 7 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So this right here tells us that God is love. He's the source, which means that Any which way that God is orchestrating things in our life is coming from the core of who he is, which is love. And because he is love, he had to demonstrate that love at the ultimate level in order to show us exactly how it is to be operated here on earth. So the biggest thing that I want you to understand today is that God's love is not a goal. It's not something that we wake up to achieve day after day after day. It's a gift which means that it was given, and it's not taken back. So we don't have to wake up one day and say, okay, well, let me see what I can do to earn God's love today. No, you already have it. So if you don't walk away with anything else today, I want you to realize that God's love is not a goal. It's a gift. We have this saying in the church, come as you are. And it's sad to say, but... We don't always truly operate in that as a church as a whole. We tell people to come as they are, but when they come with their stains and their rips and their tears and their bruises from the world, we turn a side eye to them. We go to our seats and we whisper about what they look like or what they smell like or where we've seen them at last night. But our God is so much greater than that. Our God is so much more forgiving and he looks at us and he truly says, come as you are. Because he created us. So he knows exactly what we are and what we've been through and how we got those things. But as I was thinking about this, I pictured someone standing before God with a dress on. A blood-stained dress. This stain right here was fornication. This stain right here was substance abuse. This stain over here was fornication or unforgiveness and this thing down here was somebody who just cannot control their temper somebody who's always popping off somebody who's who just goes off on everybody and everything and doesn't understand why they just keep going off on everybody so this is what we have presented before God and what I thought was so amusing was that when God sees this he smiles not because we're distressed, or we're hurt, or we're abused, but because it's not a problem for him. He smiles because he knows that once you surrender yourself, those stains don't stand a chance against what he has for us. He smiles because once you surrender yourself, and you've been walking with him, and trying, you know, to to just do better for yourself, do a little bit better, you're surrendered to God, you're not perfect by any means, but you say, okay, God, I'm gonna give you this. And it, it takes a lot of work, but you've walked with God for three months and you know, that popping off don't happen as casually as it used to. You're able to hold your tongue a little bit more and forgive Sarah when she walked past, you can step on your toes or forgive the person who gives you the wrong food in the drive-through line. And then six months later, you realize, man, I don't hold that unforgiveness for them anymore. That person that I could not forgive because what they did to me, it does not matter to me anymore. And I can actually look at them and pray for them and love them and be around them or not. Some people are just unhealthy. But I can love them and I can be okay with being in your presence. And then nine months down the line and, hmm, I don't need that alcohol anymore. That weed, what what is that doing for me? The fornication that I once did, those people don't do for me what they used to do for me. And this is why God smiles, because through his power, your stains don't matter. My stains don't matter. Hallelujah. So this is, this is the, the way that God wants us to be able to look at his people, the same way that he looks at us. Because if we truly believe in the power of God, we know that whoever walks in this door, their stains do not matter when we put it up against our God because he is more than powerful to be able to take all of that away. What I want you guys to do right now is to look at me, if you're not already doing that, give me your full attention and repeat after me. I have never been more loved than I am right now. now. And truly let that sink in. It doesn't matter what you thought about five seconds ago. It does not matter what you thought about five minutes ago. It does not matter what you did five hours ago it does not matter what you did yesterday it does not matter what you did tomorrow let's say it one more time i've never been more loved than i am right now i've never been more loved than i am right now and believe it because our god loved you yesterday our god loves you today and he will love you tomorrow and if that doesn't make you smile i honestly don't know what will because that is the most beautiful thing for me waking up knowing that i messed up yesterday but my god still loves me and it does not matter it doesn't matter it simply does not matter because his love does not change his love does not go away and his love will not it it won't alter it's it's truly amazing like when i when i finally grasp that fact how my life began to change And I want you guys to understand that by believing that I've never been more loved than I am right now, you understand that God's love is not dependent on anything that we have done, anything that we are doing, but it's dependent on who he is. And that's more, like, who would not want to serve a God like that? Who would not want to serve a God that loves us unconditionally? I want, I don't know about you guys, but if I love somebody, I want to be around them. I desire for them to be in my presence. I desire for them to talk to me. I desire for them to just be, you know, in close proximity to me, be able to call you and just have a conversation or come visit you and have lunch with you or, you know, these are the things that I want from someone that I love. And I believe that God's desire is for us to be the same to him. He wants us to love him enough to be intimate with him and conversate with him and commune with him. And I believe that he loves us so much that from the beginning of time, I don't believe this, this is what the Bible says, from the beginning of time, he created a plan for us to be exactly that, to be redeemed back to him. Because if we know anything about the Bible, we know that it starts with God created heaven and earth. And then we have Adam and Eve, and we have the fall of man, and then everything else in the Bible just is a big story of how he redeemed us back to him, his plan to redeem us back to him. So what I, I just when you understand this fact that God loves us that much, that he's planned it all along. It, it has always been his plan to get us back to where we were with him, abiding with him, in fellowship with him, spiritually back in Eden with him. This is where he desires to have his creation, back in Eden fellowshipping with him, being one with him. And this is how we continue to grow. This is the first step in understanding this process this being complete and perfected in love through Christ. It's just understanding his love for us. So, if any of you guys have children, we know that they're just toddlers, at least. My daughter is under me 24-7. No matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, she's right there. And it's, you know, sometimes it can be a little annoying, but most of the time it's a beautiful thing, you know, just to have something that wants to be close to you. This child who's Picking up on your, your tones and your conversation, this person who is, you're teaching them more so than anything. You're teaching them. And these are the, these are the things that God desi- desires for us in the same way. So to understand his heart. So for my daughter, she's on a pretty strict diet because of her eczema. So I don't feed her certain foods. I don't feed her dairy and I don't feed her gluten. And because I feed her certain foods and I express to her, my concern, and my desire to protect her through feeding her these certain foods. She has grown to understand my heart regarding these things. She's grown to understand that mommy does not give me these things because she doesn't like me or she doesn't care. She doesn't give me these things because she wants to protect me. And if anybody were to come up to her on a good day, if anybody were to come up to her on a good day and offer her a snack, nine times out of ten, she's going to ask you, is it gluten-free? And she's four years old. But my point is, when we continue to be under God, when we continue to learn God and read his word and pray to him, we begin to understand his heart toward us and for us. And we know that the things that happens in our life are not just a consequence or a punishment, but some things happen because God simply just loves us. Some things are, some things happen because God wants us to be in a certain place or he wants to position us for better. But more so than anything, being under him just gives us this ability to understand his heart. And when we understand God's heart, we can come to this place where we understand how much he loves us and we understand the desire that he has for us to love other people. And another thing is when we understand God's heart, there is nothing that the enemy can do to convince us that he doesn't love us. When we understand God's heart and believe the words that he says when he says that I love you, no matter what, what anything that the enemy comes and brings you, it, it won't matter and it won't stand a chance. We'll have those days where we'll go around and we'll, we'll think about it a little bit too much, but because we know the truth and because we understand God's heart, just like my daughter can say, is it gluten-free? We can ask ourselves, is it a truth or a lie? Is it truth or is it a lie based on what I know about my God, based on what I know about the heart that my God has for me? So this is what we have to do when Satan comes up against us, not to just accept defeat, but we have to ask ourselves these questions and be real with ourselves and not deny the fact that it is a lie. And if it's a lie, then you simply leave it right there and you walk away because the truth is much more, much, much more than the lie would ever be. So by understanding this, we can move on to the next step in completing and being perfected in this love that God has for us. Which is the vessel in which God gave, in which God sent to give his love to us, which is Jesus Christ. So through my image, we see the truck, which is putting up its for free sign, which is very important because the love that Jesus Christ carried to the earth was for free. And it it didn't cost a thing. But what I want us to understand is that, what does it mean that this vessel came for me? What does it truly mean? And I want us to go back to 1 John 4. And we're going to read 1 John 4 and 9. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought into full expression in us. Pretty much what, I, what we're talking about today. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. God is love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. No such, or I'm sorry, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. Now, that was a lot to take in. But I want us to quickly go to um, 1 John 3 and 18. And I'm just going to start reading. Dear children... Let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. Listen to this one. Take this in, guys, because this blew me away. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and, and love one another just as he commanded. And when I read the last verse, it really blew me away that God would put in scripture to believe in his son, and love one another in the same sentence. Because we know how powerful our belief in Christ is. And to follow it up, not as another sentence, but as a continuation to say, and love one another, that really made me think, like, okay, so this love thing has to be very serious to God. So if we get back to our question, what, did, what does God sending his vessel mean for me? In these two scriptures that we just read, two things stood out to me, feeling guilty in 1 John 3 and 21, and in 1 John 4, we talked about the fear, fear of love, or love has no fear. What I want you guys to understand is that the Bible calls Satan the accuser for a reason, he calls Satan the accuser because when sin happens, all of us commit sin, we have this intense feeling of guilt or shame. Most, time, most of us do. When we have these feelings of guilt or shame, this is what the enemy wants us to carry around. He points at us and he makes us believe that that is what disqualifies us from being loved by God the fact that we committed a sin last night, the fact that we were with Billy or James or John, or the fact that we smoked last night, or the fact that we got drunk last night. God don't love you. He can't do nothing with you. And this is what the enemy puts in our mind. But what I want you guys to realize, and what has changed my complete life, is that Jesus Christ is the exonerator. And I don't know if you guys know what that means, but I had to look it up because I wanted to make you guys understand what it means to exonerate. And the definition is to absolve from blame for a fault or wrongdoing, especially after due consideration of the case. And then I went to look up what does absolve mean? And it means to set or declare someone free from blame, guilt, or responsibility. So, the Bible tells us that the Satan, Satan is our accuser, but when we believe that Jesus Christ came and died and rose again, and we believe him for our sins, he sets us free. Meaning that anything that Satan tells us, Jesus has already set us free. He's already opened the jail cell and told us to go. Because it doesn't, it's not on our record anymore. He's freed us completely from that thing. And most of us live, most of us live in this, this cycle of guilt and shame, whether it's from what we've done or what someone else has done to us. And either way is unfortunate. But what God wants us to understand is that there is freedom in believing in Him, there is freedom. When we truly believe that God loves us enough to set us free. There's freedom when we truly give those things to Christ and understand that this is not who I am. What I did last night is an action that I committed, but it does not make me who I am. It does not define who I am to God. Because when God looks at me, he sees his creation. He sees the righteousness of Christ on me. When God looks at me, he doesn't see what someone else did to me. He doesn't see the shame and the hurt that someone else put on me that's keeping me from being who he's called me to be. All he does is see exactly what he created, and he sees the righteousness of Christ, and he sees what he knows that we can be in the future, what he put us on this earth to accomplish. So the bondage of guilt and shame it's such a heavy thing. We know that sin, sin comes with a cost, and that, and that cost is death. But Jesus Christ came and freed us from that thing. But what the enemy wants to do in this whole cycle of bondage that we walk around in, because we do, even us believers who know that Jesus Christ set us free, we still walk around in bondage from our sin. And in this package of bondage is guilt and shame. And from the beginning of time, Satan has brought shame. I read in Genesis 2 and 25. Now the man and his wife were naked, but they felt no shame. And this was when God created them. But after sin came into the pictures, in Genesis 3 and 7, it says, at that moment their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their wickedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And when I was looking up, you know, this shame thing, I thought, that's really interesting that shame pointed out in both of these points, in the creation and the fall of man. And it just grew, it helped me grow to understand that this is the thing that Satan is trying to kill us with. This is the thing that Satan is trying to knock us off with because if we can walk around in our guilt and our shame, we would never come into the full knowledge of Christ. And we would never believe that God loves us because the only thing that we have is what we did or what somebody did to us and how unworthy we are and how how disgusting we feel on the inside and how, like, dishonorable we are and, and, and how God doesn't love me and how I, I just can't. Stand before these people and and, and say, what? You know what I did last night? Like, you know, like these are the things that the enemy wants to plague our minds with. And this is the same thing that he did to Adam and Eve. The first conversation in the Bible is recorded as filled with shame and guilt and fear. But this is not what God wants us to bring to him. Of course we sin. Of course we make mistakes. But instead of walking around in our shame, we let conviction do its job. And conviction is a nudging from the Holy Spirit to repent and to confess our sins and to make peace with who we offended. And then leave it there. Simply leave it there. The thing is, we do something and we walk around with it day after day, after month, after year. And I know because I did it for 10 plus years. I literally walked around with something that I had done for 10 plus years. And the enemy beat me up with it every time he could. Every chance he got, he pounded me with it. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even begin to understand how God could love somebody who did what I did. I couldn't begin to understand why God would choose me. Why, why would you want me? Why? You know, and it wasn't until literally two, three years ago when this whole package began to open itself up, and I began to truly explore why I was feeling the way that I felt, why I was, why I felt like I was humiliated and, and disgraced, and why I felt like God didn't love me. And it wasn't until I truly began to open this package up to see that it was just, labeled as guilt and shame, and the enemy wanted to control me with that. The enemy wanted to keep me from being up here today. The enemy wanted to keep me from speaking about the freedom of Christ because if he can keep me in bondage, I would never know freedom. If he can keep me in this cycle of guilt and shame, I would never know what it meant to truly be loved by God, and I would truly never know what it means to be able to love someone else. What I want you guys to understand is that Guilt is a tactic of the enemy. Guilt is paralyzing. And it keeps us from truly walking in what Christ wants us to be. It truly keeps us in this box. It truly keeps us looking at ourselves and other people as if we're not worthy. As if we have no reason to be in the room with anybody. And I want us to continue to... Pray about these things. I really want you guys to take a moment to reflect about the things that the enemy has tried to put on you, the guilt and the shame that he's tried to put on you because of something that you did five years ago or 10 years ago or yesterday, or the shame that he's put on you from from something that someone has done to hurt you. I want you to ponder these things, and I want you to give it to Christ, because just as we talked about earlier, those stains don't matter to Christ. And he can take them away and he can clean them because that is what his power does when we truly believe in it. And I want you guys to really just ponder on these things and think about it from a perspective of being, living a guilt and shame-free life because that's what it's going to take in order to truly accept and receive the love of Christ. I believe that when we hold on to this guilt and this shame, there's no way that we can grow closer to God. There's no way that we can come before God and truly give it to him because we're too busy hiding from him. We're too busy trying to hide from God as if he didn't already see what we did. We're, instead of coming before him to say, God, I did this and I know it was wrong, but I repent. And I'm, I, please just take it from me. Take this desire from me. Take this temptation from me. Take these thoughts from me because I don't want to do it anymore. And he will honor that. And it won't be an overnight process. This thing takes time. This thing takes time. And we have to understand that instead of hiding from God, we have to give it to him and shame the devil because he, he doesn't have any power here. He has no power over what God has orchestrated and what God has called it to be unless we give it to him. So I want everybody to truly reflect, as I said before, on those things that are bringing you guilt and those things that are causing you shame in your life and write them down and pray against them every single night because that is how we break this cycle that Satan has us in as believers of Jesus Christ. We can never get to our potential. We can never get to what God has called us to be if these are the things that we're walking in. But this is what Jesus Christ came to free us from. This is what he exonerated us from. So as we continue to to grow in the perfect knowledge of Christ, we have to realize that we can't take another step and we can't get to another level until these things have been cast away from us, until these things are no longer have power over our mind. So as we continue and we understand that God loves us and what it truly means to receive this gift of God We can declare that we are going to move forward and we're going to live a shame and a guilt-free life. And we can proceed and process the next steps that God has for us in this cycle, which is being powered by the Holy Spirit. So as you guys saw on my little doodle up there, the Holy Spirit is the power that holds this source that God has. And the only way that we can access this power is if we connect to it. We have access to it, but we have to connect to it in order to get what it has. In order, we, we already have the gift, but in order to truly receive it, in order to be able to give it to others, we have to connect to the Holy Spirit because there's no way that we can love one another as God wants us to without this power. Without the Holy Spirit active and working in our life. There's no way that we can truly achieve what it is that God has called us to do in loving others. So even though we're connected to this, it's going to take faith to believe that our creator loves us enough to send his son and to empower us with his spirit to go day after day after day being fueled by the Holy Spirit to love one another and to receive this love. And if we never connect to this power... That means we can never truly receive the love that God's have. And if we, how do we give something freely if we didn't receive it freely? There's always gonna be something attached to it. There's always gonna be something attached to how much I love you or how much I love you because I don't know what it feels like to actually get love for free. So why should I give it away for free? And I think that's a mentality that we have when we haven't truly understood or grown into the knowledge that love that God has for us through his love. I know that through the understanding what God's love has done for me, I'm not perfect at it and I mess up every single day. But the thing is, I know how much God loves me. So I want to love people how he loves me. I want to see people how God sees them. And I want people to feel how God feels about them. I want people to like, like, it truly brings me joy, like, when I, tell you, when I told you guys earlier that it really brings me joy to be able to stand up here and talk about this subject, not from what I've read, but because I know that God loves me and I've experienced his love, I truly mean it. Because I literally want to shout from the rooftops that Jesus loves you. Like, and I want everybody to know it and I want everybody to feel it and I want everybody to understand it because it's so liberating and it's so free. And I was, I celebrated my birthday two weeks ago, and I was telling my husband and other people, everybody I talked to, I was telling them. But I just, I was literally in tears because I'm, I just turned 34 years old, but I told my husband that this is the freest that I've ever felt in my entire life. And I don't know what that means to you guys, but as I told you before, I walked around with guilt and shame for many, many years. And it plagued me. It paralyzed me. And it made me believe that I was something that I wasn't created to be. It made me believe that I was this little nothing girl that nobody cared about and nobody wanted to hear about. Like, these are the things that went through my mind on a daily basis. But as I began to receive this love and process this love and get closer to my God and pray and and take the steps necessary to heal myself, I realized I'm free. I am free and it feels so good. I am free and it feels so good. And I want you guys to experience this freedom. I want you guys to go through the steps necessary to heal. I want you guys to go through the steps necessary to rid yourself of this guilt and this shame. Because that is the only way that we as a church will even be able to begin to love the people who walk through those doors. That's the only way. We can't hurt people, can't love people. Heal people, help and love other people. And it's not that we heal each other. It's not that we heal on our own accord. We heal through the power of the Holy Spirit. We heal with the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ from our source, which is God. And I, I pray, I, I truly pray that you guys are, like, feeling my heart. Because it's always a struggle to be able to get up there and relay exactly what God wants us to say exactly how he gave it to us, but I I just truly pray that you guys are understanding how important it is for us to believe God when he says that he loves you, to believe God when he says that your sins do not matter. Yes, he wants us to be better people. Yes, he, he wants us to achieve and strive for holiness on a daily basis, but those stains do not matter, guys. Those stains are for him and his power and for his glory. Because as we continue to walk with him, he will be the one that's glorified through that. In my conclusion, I want to pray a prayer over you. Paul prayed over the church in Ephesians. And I'm going to be reading um, Ephesians 3 and 14. And it says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more. Than we might ask or think glory to him in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever. Amen. And I want us to just focus for a second on verse 20 where it says to accomplish infinitely more. than we might ask or think through his mighty power at work in us. Through his mighty power at work in us. through his mighty power at work in us. That means that we, when, when we connect ourselves to the Holy Spirit as vessels, we should be emitting these fumes of love everywhere we go. Because we've come to a greater understanding of Christ and his love for us. We then have the responsibility to love. So everywhere we go, it's our duty, it's our responsibility to love our brother and our sister. Because it's a commandment from God. Just as he commanded us to believe in his son, he also committed us to love one another. And as we are loving one another, God is glorified as we are loving one another, the church grows. As we are loving one another, this process has been complete and perfected in each and every one of us. And by this process being complete and perfected in each and every one of us, that means that we are abiding with God. And he is abiding in us. And that means that we are loving to our full capacity and we are being loved to our full capacity. And I don't know about you, but the feeling of that, it seems out of this world to fully be loved no matter what I did, no matter what I'm doing, I'm fully loved by God. He sees me and he sees you. Each and every person in this room, he sees you and he loves you. And if there's somebody here today who doesn't truly know or doesn't truly believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, but you just want to give it a try today and you want to know what it means to fully be loved by God and you want to know what it feels like to be this vessel of God's expressed love through you. If you would like to know what that feels like, I urge you today to put your trust in Jesus Christ. And if you've decided today that this is me, I want to believe I wanna give my life to Christ. We as a church are going to pray for you. So I ask everybody to just close your eyes, bow your heads, and pray for the hearts of the people who desire to be closer to God today, who desire to experience God's love today. And if it is you who has chosen that today, I I want you to repeat after me in your heart or out loud, however you want to confess it. Jesus Christ, I am a sinner. And I know that I am a sinner. But I also know that you are a savior. And I welcome you in my life today. I surrender my life to you. Every piece and every part of it, I give it to you today, God. I've done all that I could do, and now I give it to you. I believe that you died on the cross for our sins. I believe that you rose again, and you displayed all power And because I believe in you, I now am the righteousness of Christ. I pray that you allow your Holy Spirit to dwell in me and that you allow your Holy Spirit to take control of my life, to teach me and to guide me to your ways, Lord. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for bringing salvation into this world. And I thank you for your redemption that you've given me on today. If you've prayed that prayer, then that means sealed. That means that you no longer have to walk around with the stains of guilt and shame all over you. Because Jesus has now taken that thing. And if you've you've already been saved, I've already gave you guys homework. Go home and really truly take time and think about those things that the enemy is plaguing in your heart and your mind that's filling filling your mind with guilt and shame. And declare no more. No more guilt and no more shame. Declare today that you are walking out of this place guilt and shame free. In the name of Jesus. No more guilt and no more shame. Amen.
1: I'm going to have her pray us out Um, I'm going to add something else, a few things in here. Uh, What an amazing lesson. And I think it was purposeful, but it's something that God has been having me say a lot lately. And I kept sitting there, he like said it again. Um, So every year I make these, I find a different design t-shirt or something to do. And Jesus, is Lord, is my thing, It's our thing, It's our motto of our church. Jesus is God, he is owner of our lives, he is Yahweh. But when I'm, my theme for this summer and this, this fall is Jesus loves you. He doesn't care what you did last night. And I've been saying it a lot lately. And when we do our street ministry, I'm going to make big signs and say, Jesus loves you. He don't care what you did last night. And what, she, what the woman of God spoke today, spoke to, straight to it. And one thing we have gotten into the habit and religion of doing in and, and, and the world while people just stay away from church sometimes is they feel like they have to be something in order to receive something from God. He won't accept me unless I present myself to Him, I dress a certain way, or I can't go to church yet, I ain't ready, or I gotta clean myself up and stop sinning. Cause really, when we say we got, we ain't ready to sin, we, we struggling with some sin and we ain't ready to go to church yet. He loves you, He don't care what you did last night. And this scripture popped in my head, I was gonna quote it, but I don't wanna botch it, cause I think every single word of it matters. Romans chapter 5, verse 6, he says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Watch this, y'all. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right with God, we got righteousness. We're righteous. In, the, in God's sight, by the blood of Christ, We certainly he certainly can save us from God's condemnation. Now, if God made you right with him while you were yet a sinner, before you did anything right, God already took care of the bill. Theology word. Substitutionary atonement. He's a substitutionary atonement. Substitutionary. Let's keep it simple. Substitute atonement. Just look at compensation. So he's the substitute compensation for sin. The bill. Some when, when it was sin came into the garden, somebody had to die. Blood. Somebody got to die. Somebody. If God is gonna be a righteous guy, he can't just slide it under the rug and forget, let it go. Some got. Somebody got to pay. He said, huh. Oh, okay, the serpent will bruise his heel, but he'll crush his head. I'll just do it for you. And he substituted Christ for what we were doing. It's why while, while you were yet sinners, Christ died because he didn't need what you to do anything to fix it. He could fix it himself. So that's, I want us to, I, I, I want to have the woman of God pray one more time. Um, I'm going to have her pray one more time. One more time. But I need you to understand something. It ain't nothing you can do to prove to God you deserve him to die on the cross for you because he already did it for you. Why you were yes sinner, why you was a fool in the club. See, I, I, I'm gonna testify too with my two minutes and 25 seconds left before noon. That that thing she was talking about, that was, I mean, that was us. 2012, we decided we were having an abortion. We wasn't ready. See, the devil don't want us to testify about it now. He, th- he had us wrapped in shame, and guilt and regret and what we like to do in our sin is to hide it and and then we'll bury it we'll try to bury it to think we can move on from it and the enemy always got away and letting enough wind blow and it, it peaked back up and when like the woman of god said he kept trying to, every chance he get every movie we would watch every little baby you would see he would see that could have been you you could have been set There is no bondage. Every chain is broken. We sing the song, there is no bondage. The bondage is broken on the cross. The weight of sin has been lifted. You don't have to be anything. You have to believe. See, we get so caught up trying to prove it, you just got to believe. That gets you salvation. Now, after you get salvation, we'll talk about living holy so we can get some Holy Spirit interference and some supernatural working. But my message to you today and how we are fueled by love, what the woman of God said, because he loved you first. Because he substituted, compensated for your mistakes already. Because he knew you was a fool. And he knew I was a fool. And he knew we was going to mess up anyway. And he knew we wasn't going to give anyway. And he knew we wasn't going to love anyway. And he knew we wasn't going to serve anyway. He knew we was going to roll up anyway. He knew we was going to fornicate anyway. He knew that. But it's enough blood on the cross to make up for the, the holy of us holy ones. And the ones of us that just can't get right. It's enough. It's enough for your uncle that's been drinking all sixty years of his life. It's enough for your brother that won't come to church no matter how much you how much you beg him. It's enough for your daughter that just won't listen to you. It's enough blood on the cross. We just need to get him to believe and accept Christ's truth. And it says, He who knew no sin became sin. So what? You can become the righteousness of God. You can't undo that deal. Nothing can pluck you out of his hand. And when we become, when we understand that and we become fueled by that love, we're what? We're free. (sighs) The weight is off you. Now you're free to go go obey him. Now you're free to go please him because the weight is off. So I'm going to have her play one more time. We're going to pray out and we're going to send y'all home on time. Ain't no Chiefs game yet, huh? All right. But just why I want you to know, that weight is off. Be fueled by the love of God. Not because of what you do, but because of what he did. And if you bank your life on that, I'm telling you it's a money back guarantee. It's a money back guarantee. When you die, you don't fear death. I tell people all the time, you get in that car wreck and as you breathe your last breath, you start praying, I'm on my way. Yeah, I messed up, but I'm on my way. I believe in your son, here I come. That's the ticket in. Do you believe? Woman God press out.
0: Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today humbly in gratitude for the love that you've shown us, the love that you so freely give us. We thank you, Lord, for the freedom that you've granted each and every one of us through your Son Jesus Christ. I pray right now that everybody under the sound of my voice can truly understand what it means to be loved by you. I pray that everybody opens their heart to willingly accept the love of Christ in your life. I pray that you just fill them with your spirit, God, and allow them to get rid of each and everything that is causing them to feel unworthy or unloved or not enough or not good enough. I pray against every tactic that the enemy has to keep these people, your people, far from you, distant from you, separated from you. We know that through your power and the Christ's sacrifice for us, that you are easily accessible to us. I pray right now that everyone is able to confess to you the things that they struggle with, the things that plague them every single day and that you are able to free them through your spirit. I pray that each and every person in here has a testimony just as great, if not greater than mine, Father God, of the freedom that they feel because they have trusted in your love. I pray right now that you just give them the courage to walk in your love. Give them the courage to love one another. And I pray that you continue to grow us as a church to be able to express your love to those who don't believe so that we can continue to draw them in, Father God. These things I pray. We love you, Lord. We bless your holy name. I pray that everyone here makes it home safely and is able to just continue to express who you are through their actions and their love for other people, and these things we pray and we bless your holy name, In Jesus' name. We pray, Amen.
1: Hey, did y'all have a good time today? All right. Well, did she not give a good word? Can y'all support y'all lady P and give her a hand clap of praise and encouragement? Stay up here with me, bootang. Stay with me. I need y'all to do me a favor this week. I'm about to twist this up every week, so y'all don't get too cliche with it. Y'all think I, I know I'm serious. I mean this, I, I, this is our rubric for the year, the fruit of the spirit. We cannot say we belong to God and we're not operating in these. We cannot say we feel filled with the Holy Spirit and we're not operating in these fruit. Jesus said you can tell a tree by its fruit. So if we say we Christians and we're Christ-like and we're kingdom vessels, we earthly tools for heavenly use, we're filled with the spirit of God, this is what it looked like. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, self-control. Operating those fruit this week. Let somebody see them fruit flowing about of you. Let somebody see what a Christian looks like this week. And I want y'all to go and live life. Now, where is the way? All right, y'all be blessed.